Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Masaro Method. I am so pleased today to have Sławomir Debski on the show. He is the director of the Polish Institute of International Affairs, that is, PISM, and a great friend of mine. We were together in Ukraine, actually, last September, and it was thanks to PISM that I was able to meet both President Zelensky and President Duda, so the two sort of great leaders that have been leading the response to this. So thank you so much, Sławomir, Sławek. It's really great to have you on the show. Well, uh, uh, good morning, Paul. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, you know, that's absolutely fantastic to, to be with you. Thank you for inviting me. So as usual, please do comment, like, subscribe, get these videos seen, and keep the channel growing. So, Swavek, let's start this out really easy. I think, you know, for a lot of people um, who, who maybe even before February 24th couldn't find Poland on the map, right, suddenly Poland is... Uh, the most reliable NATO ally leading every single response to uh, Russia's genocidal invasion of Ukraine within NATO. And I mean, it's just been uh, so impressive. I mean, how did this happen? You know, like, I mean, how did how did Poland come to take on such a leadership role here? Well, uh, the answer is very simple. Uh, geographic location. I mean, we are the only um, NATO country um, uh, neighboring to all countries involved in this war. I mean, Russia, which is an aggressor, uh, Belarus, which is a helper of the aggressor, and, and Ukraine, which is a victim of the aggression. So um, uh, geographic location uh, explains a lot. But the second uh, very important um, part of, of the answer is, you know, uh, we really uh, do know how uh, Russia's way of, uh, way of war looks like. Um, one may say that, you know, um, uh, we've been there, we've seen that. Uh, the Polish society, and as all societies of Central Europe, um, you know, did have an experience with Russian imperialism, did have an experience with Russian uh, aggression. Um, so uh, I think that was a... Uh, uh, overwhelming sense of solidarity with Ukrainians, which was, which were, which was a, the main driver of both, you know, uh, um, authorities' response, uh, um, Poland as a state, and of course the society. Because, you know, because of, you know, uh, as I said, geographic lo location explains a lot. So we are a, a hub, a great hub, um, uh, helping uh, Ukraine to maintain its its war effort. All countries which were, which are donating uh, uh, hardware for Ukraine um, uh, work with Poland. All the hardware uh, goes through Poland. Um, uh, you know, war refugees are coming to Poland. You know, over this year, uh, almost eight million people crossed Polish-Ukrainian border. Of course, you know. Uh, Many of these crossings are, are, you know, um, uh, there was the, the same people uh, uh, coming here and there all the time. But uh, altogether, um, I think one million point, point uh, five uh, hundred thousand people stayed in Poland as a war refugees. So, uh, and of course, you know, uh, uh, because of that, because of geographic location, because of experience, because of, uh, of the fact that Poland was right about Russia. And, and its intentions. 
uh, now we have, uh, uh, I think, polls have, uh, you know, uh, credibility uh, to contribute to this, you know, the free world discussion, how we should proceed, how our policy towards Russia and Ukraine should look like, and actually, what's the way to victory? Well, and I, and I think that last piece on Poland being right about Russia is like really, really critical, right? Because geographic location and experience with Russian imperialism is also shared by other countries close to Ukraine. And I mean, uh, you know, one in particular coming to mind, Hungary, has been almost the opposite of helpful. You know, I mean, they, they seem to be constantly be, you know, carrying Russia's water within the EU, whereas Poland has done precisely the opposite. I mean, I mean, Poland's all of Poland's warnings about Russia have come true almost to the letter. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's 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 almost extraordinary how often in just the recent past Poland has said, okay, it's like Nord Stream two or military sales to Russia or whatever else. All the all the objections turned out to be totally justified. So I think that that kind of credibility, you're exactly right. And there's obviously to me. I don't know. I mean, something deeper happening here, right? Because Poland has taken a different tact than Hungary. Poland has diff taken a different approach than others that have shared other cultural experiences and come to take on a really serious leadership role that does give it, as you say, um, uh, you know, a, a post from which to help determine what the world after victory is going to look like, right? Well, I... True, you know, um, um, there is also a part of the, the Polish uh, um, political tradition. You know, there is a famous slogan uh, which encapsulates this tradition for yours and our freedom. I mean, yeah. the, the Polish freedom fighters um, uh, many times in history um, took their arms and, and, you know, went to some, some neighboring countries trying to help uh, um, our neighbors to, you know, to fight for their freedom. You know, 1956, uh, Russia's uh, intervention in Budapest, um, uh, you know, uh, triggered enormous uh, sympathy in Poland. Uh, I would say that, you know, this, this, this public sentiment was as strong then as now uh, towards Ukrainians. Um, um, 2008, when the Georgia was invaded by uh, by uh, by Russia, you know there was a Polish president who invited um, his friends, his his other presidents from the region. They flew together to to directly to Tbilisi, uh, went out to the to the Independence Square, and you know uh, um, showed the solidarity with, with the Georgians, people who were actually in need of this kind of the uh, um, uh, you know, uh, political support in the times of of pro. So, so that that that's a kind of the traditional way. You know, with uh, with Tbilisi, there is another uh, um, very uh, moving um, uh, story uh, involved. I mean, uh, Polish President Lech Kaczynski um, uh, delivering a speech uh, there said. Uh, in that time, in 2008, that uh, Russian imperial, imperialism would not stop in Georgia. But after Georgia, there will be Ukraine. And after Ukraine, yep. perhaps the Baltic states. And who knows, uh, in the end, also uh, uh, um, Poland will be, uh, would be inv invaded by, by Russia. So a kind of the uh, prophecy uh, was, you know, um, 
um, delivered then. And uh, one may say that we are, in this other way, in the halfway um, of, of this, uh, uh, you know, uh, of this vision. So uh, Russia invited first uh, Georgia, then uh, in 2014, because we should remember that um, now we are we are dealing with um, uh, you know uh, another phase of Russian invasion. Uh, Russians invaded Ukraine in 2014. They took uh, uh, took over Crimea and and uh, most of the, of the Donbas. So uh, since then, this this country is you know effectively at war with with Russia. Um, yes. And you know that's uh, 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 unfortunately until until now um, the Polish uh, war, uh, warnings, the Polish you know uh, alarm, alarm bell, which was you know we were we were ringing our alarm bell all this time that you know something wrong is coming from Russia, something wrong is coming from the east. Um, uh, you know uh, were ignored uh, um, uh, in in most in most cases. Uh, Nord Stream 2 um, was launched in 2015, just a year after right. uh, Russian aggression on, on Ukraine. So, uh, you know, um, some people, some, you know, very influential politicians in the West prefer to look other way. Uh, not, they, they, they didn't want to, to see what's coming. No, you're 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 absolutely one hundred percent correct, and I mean it's it, it 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 you know it's amazing the extent to which we practiced this kind of willful blindness, right? Because not only did we have Poland ringing alarm bells and the Baltic states ringing alarm bells, but I mean like it was all over the place. There were invasions already. There was interference in Interpol. There were assassinations in in London and Berlin. And I mean it's I mean you didn't. You didn't need to look far to find, I mean, there was the, the Russian interference in the U.S. elections. I mean, there was so, so much, you know, you, you didn't need to look far to find Russian malfeasance. It was all over the place, you know. I mean, it was, and, 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 and to that, to that I, it, it makes me kind of realize just how successful a lot of Russian foreign operations were. I mean, this was Russia's goal was to get the West eating out of the palm of its hand, and it did. You know, it, it, it had us. Back in like January 2022, it really had us. And I guess that's to say, like, I think you're absolutely right. I think that, you know, if Ukraine had fallen completely, I mean, Poland would be next on the menu, maybe after Moldova. Right. I mean, I mean, there was no doubt in my mind that Russia had I mean, Putin, Russia had had the goal of eventually committing to an incursion into NATO territory, either in one of the Baltic states or Poland, basically. Um, you, you know, everything, you know, that's, uh, you know, of course, you know, uh, um, everything would depend on circumstances. Um, I believe that, uh, you know, uh, Putin uh, has been preparing to this, uh, to this war against Ukraine for years. Yep. Um, you know, my analyst, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, pointed out that actually, you know, all this symbolism about uh, Donetsk People's Republic were introduced for the first time in 2002, just two years after, um, you know, Putin's coming to power. So, uh, uh, wow. from, from today's perspective, all it looks like, you know, a kind of the uh, well-prepared plan to finish Ukraine off. 
Uh, that's because that's exactly uh, the war um, uh, 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 goal uh, which uh, Putin, um, ex you know, quite publicly uh, um, uh, defined. Uh, he, he wants to he wants Ukraine to be destroyed and he wants to annihilate Ukrainians. You know, when Putin says that you know there is uh, there is nothing uh, like you know Ukrainian nation under the sun, so they are you know kind the kind of depraved uh, uh, Russians only, and the only Russians um, uh, really exist, while all others are you know um, uh, nations are somehow. Uh, um, artificially created, I don't know, by the Americans, by Poles, by Austro-Hungarians, by all these uh, nasty um, uh, enemies of, of uh, real Russia. Uh, uh, so um, uh, his, his aim is absolutely clear. So um, that's why there is no compromise between, you know, uh, um, Ukrainians desired uh, to live, you know, in in peace and free and, and in free country, and uh, 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 Putin's uh, um, uh, war aims, uh, as he defined it. Right, right, exactly. Even though, even though we completely, completely missed that. I mean, our entire. It's, I mean, the extent to which, you know, like, I guess Poland was right here and. The, you know, the United States, I mean, at the very end, the USA was right because our intelligence was demonstrating that there would be this invasion and, and, and Western Europe also didn't believe that. But, but I mean, we were very much, I think, with Western Europe most of the time in happily kind of uh, ignoring Russia's designs and also misunderstanding the Ukrainians. Oh. We, didn't, we didn't believe the Ukrainians would fight, right? I mean, that's kind of the... I mean, did, did did Poland know the Ukrainians would fight? Well, that's uh, that. You know, um, I think that that uh, all uh, um, countries, nations were partial right, partial wrong on Ukraine. So, uh, U.S. intelligence was absolutely correct about Russia's intentions uh, last year, and uh, Biden administration was absolutely right, uh, ringing the alarm bell around the world, and you know, something something really bad is coming from from Russia. But on the other side, they were uh, entirely wrong in assessing, uh, uh, you know, Ukrainian determination uh, uh, to fight and their they, they willingness, ability uh, to defend their country. So while, uh, uh, you know, we in Poland, we, we were absolutely 100% sure that Ukrainians w would fight, and that, that would, they would resist this aggression and, and they would try to repel it. Um, the only thing they need is, you know, um, hardware. I mean, uh, guns, uh, ammunition. The famous, the famous uh, uh, line of, of Zelensky: "I don't need a ride. I, I need ammo." Uh, so that that's absolutely uh, fantastic, you know. Uh, um, and you know that reminds us. Um, uh, uh, I mean, us, you know, Poles, you know, the situation of 1944 and and Warsaw uprising, you know. Uh, the Polish freedom fighters were surrounded by, you know, by by the Germans, by the Nazis. On the other side of the river stood uh, Red Army, uh, not willing to help uh, uh, um, the Polish fighters. And the, you know, the, the the only prey they have to God was ammo. Uh, you know, we need ammunition. So that's I think um, uh, this historical experience also had, you know, a um, big deal. 
to understand in which situation, what situation Ukrainians are are now, uh, and and um, uh, um, and that's why you know uh, I had an opportunity to talk to the Polish decision makers, few of them. You know, I I, I know a few people uh, here and there, and yeah. and. Uh, you know, uh, they were absolutely convinced that, you know, talking to Ukrainians, meeting them quite often, that uh, actually uh, uh, there is absolutely, you know, strong determination on their side to resist. Uh, Zelensky didn't want to give up, uh, but also uh, random Ukrainians wanted to fight. So that's, that's it, all of that created an absolutely fantastic a uh, uh, mass uh, um, behind this policy of, of resistance. Well, and the Poles really demonstrated that confidence, right? I mean, you're, the Polish ambassador remained in Kyiv during the Battle of Kyiv while the U.S. And, and really a lot of the European allies ran to Warsaw, right? I mean, like, like left the country entirely. Yes, absolutely, you know, but there was, I think, you know, this wrong assessment uh, how strong uh, um, Ukrainians' uh, uh, resistance could be uh, was behind. You know that uh, um, um, Ukrainian ambassador to to Berlin, uh, you know, uh, gave interview when he when he said that actually, you know, uh, after an aggression, after the you know Russians attack, he you know. Uh, um, commuted around the ministries of of, of of German government, and you know, uh, people didn't want to help him because yes. they, you know German politicians believe that you know this, that that's it. I mean, that's you know, Ukraine is is finished. Uh, there is no sense to to help them because there's, it's absolutely pointless because you know this country is going to collapse yes you know that russia is so strong that that ukrainians have absolutely no chance to resist and all these you know i think uh, uh, assessments and and you know um uh, well proved to be absolutely wrong you know polls against our right uh, we you know uh, uh, that you know we were first to uh, to approach our allies, the Biden administration, uh, British government, um, uh, asking them to, you know, to do absolutely what 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 they could to provide Ukrainians with uh, with the hardware, with armors, uh, with armor and weapons and and ammunition. So, uh, and you know, again, uh, uh, it is our absolutely vital interest of Europe that that Ukraine and Ukrainians. Are you know trying to defend themselves because you know we there is a you know uh, I think widespread in the in, among the Polish public assessment that uh, Ukraine is fighting our war. Uh, that's my uh, that's my assessment all the way over here in Washington. Yeah, <laughs> so. but, but you are almost a half a Pole intellectually. So, <laughs> so that's, that's, I see that as a great compliment. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll say, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the, the German, that, that famous story, I don't know if it was, it was the German finance minister and the, in the Ukrainian foreign minister, I don't know if it was Kubela or Melnik that was there, but, but that, that, that was basically told, we have nothing to negotiate because you're not going to be sovereign in a few days. Absolutely. I mean, what an, what an 
absolutely outrageous notion. And meanwhile, you know, the, the Poles are staying in Kiev. And then, then right after the war, the, the Poles just start, <laughs> have all our tanks, have all our guys. You know, it's just, it's, a, it's just night and day. These responses are night and day. And I think that, you know, I mean, you got to, you got to, in this sense, you got to recognize, even though the Russian military is actually comparatively much, 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 much weaker than we thought, the Russian information operations in the West were ab- absolutely successful. I mean, I mean, maybe more successful than any narrative operation in history because they got us. They got us thinking there was no way Ukraine was going to survive. I mean, yeah, that's, that's that's you know, but um, uh, after this year. Uh, uh, we know what's right. What what what, what was yeah? Uh, now we know. Right yeah. right. You know. Um, so now it's it's quite easy to uh, uh, to look back and and uh, give grades. <laughs> One yeah. Say. Right. Uh, but I think the the most important is uh, what we are going to do with with this knowledge. Um, how we are how how this knowledge are about you know our you know our mistakes failures. Um, it could help us to shape a uh, right policy towards Ukraine and Russia in the future. And that's absolutely crucial because I believe this year um, uh, would be a pivotal one in this, in this struggle. Uh, so, both, both for political reasons and, and also uh, you know, military reasons. So let's, let's do it. What is, what, is the, what is the right policy toward Ukraine and Russia? I mean, what should we... As kind of the NATO allies adopt, uh, you know, uh, there are, from the Russian point of view, uh, there are uh, two possible outcomes of this war. Yeah, it's very simple; everyone can understand it. Either uh, Russia loses, or Russia wins. If Russia wins, um, then if Russia wins. Uh, uh, then, um, uh, you know, uh, it would be boosted in this aggressive policy. Uh, you know, one may say, one may even say that uh, um, war of aggression as a, you know, a, a, a tool in Russian uh, policy toolbox will be legitimized. I mean, you know, yeah. we tried, we, we succeeded, let's try again. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, Russia may look for, um, you know, convenient uh, circumstances uh, uh, for her to launch uh, a war against uh, NATO. Uh, so if something goes wrong in Far East, Russia, you know, uh, in boosted after, after victory over Ukraine, may try uh, its luck against NATO. Uh, and there is, of course, a second scenario that Russia is defeated in Ukraine. Um, uh, I believe, unfortunately, Russia would not become a democratic uh, because this war is, is changing Russia as well. Um, uh, this war is making Russia darker and darker day by day. Uh, first, because, you know, um, um, violence is is being recognized as, you know, as a, a social phenomenon. So it's not about about the war which is being fought, uh, um, you know, somewhere, you know, in distant, distant country. But, you know, these people, um, uh, soldiers, troops are part of the society. 
they come and go, they interact with the society. Um, you know, the leadership, the mindset of leadership um, has been changing because of this war. They are much more inclined to use, use force domestically and, yeah. and uh, externally. Um, uh, Russians, Russia's institutions, their procedures adapt to this war, so becoming much more uh, aggressive and violence tolerant. And last but not least, uh, Russian society is uh, is changing. Is accepting you know war as a as a as a part of their life, as a normal part of of, of behavior. So, the all of because of all of these factors, uh, I'm afraid that 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 Russia would be would be even defeated. Russia would be still very aggressive and perhaps driven by revengeism. I mean, the, 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 you know, the feeling that, okay, uh, we screw up this time, but uh, who knows, maybe when we prepare uh, better, uh, we will, we will uh, have more chances to, uh, you know, to, to uh, fight back. So, uh, altogether, we have to uh, uh, adapt ourselves to the situation where our transatlantic community will be dealing with aggressive Russia for long, uh, even if yeah. even if Ukraine uh, uh, succeed prevails, even if Russia is defeated. Uh, the difference between these two these two scenarios, in my view, is that only um, with on Russia, which um, which is defeated, uh, we may have some leverage. We may have some influence to. To um, you know, to deter uh, this kind of of of, of Russia, um, to um, you know, uh, to to try to postpone its its uh, uh, aggressive instinct or control them. If Russia is not defeated, we would not have such such a luxury. So, so let me ask you something. Um... The, the Polish Prime Minister, uh, Morawiecki, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, um, um, re you know, recently said, and I thought this was very interesting because this is a whole dialogue that's emerging right now, he said that, you know, Russia is a prison of nations, which, which I mean, it's very interesting to see this. I mean, this is, a, this is Lenin said this, right? I mean, this is like, this is uh, 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 something that we haven't spoken about for a very long time, but is true um, that you have these sort of... Uh, uh, countries within Russia, and he said they should be independent. And he, and he specifically pointed out Chechnya, but I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of these, you know, Tatarstan, Dagestan, so on and so forth. I mean, I mean are, we, are we headed toward independence for these um, sort of the, the autonomous republics or, or colonies, really, of the, of the Russian Empire? Well, uh, you know, um, there is a tradition uh, in Polish uh, way of of um, reading Russia, uh, which justifies um, uh, Prime Minister Morawiecki's uh, um, description. You know, Poles were, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 hostage of of, of yeah. Russian imperialism. So we were we were there. <laughs> we were there, and we seen that. So uh, been there, seen that. So. Um, uh, quite naturally, we associate uh, Russia as a very oppressive, imperialistic uh, entity. 
and we are we know that you know that Ukrainians um, uh, have had very similar experience to ours. Now they are fighting for the for their freedom. We had uh, um, you know uh, our chance to fight for our freedom one hundred years ago in nineteen twenty. We, yep. we we had to defend our country against Russian or well, Soviet, but you know uh, Putin. Putin equaled uh, these two entities. I mean, Russia and the Soviet. All of that was, uh, according to him, one Russian imperial with, with imperial with, um, uh, empire with you know uh, uh, different faces. Uh, I think that most of the Poles agreed with him uh, on on this point. Uh, I think I do too. So, I... so that's uh, um, so that's uh, 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 one thing. Uh, second, I think we have to be cautious uh, from the other point, not to uh, impose on, on, on Russia our vision of the future. It's up to them in the end to decide whether they prefer to live our, uh, in, uh, under our authoritarian system or uh, they decide to fight for freedom and democracy. It's, it's not our business, I believe. Our business is to help those who are being victims of Russian aggression, who are on which on on whom Russia tries to impose the they, uh, its own authoritarian system, uh, and you know uh, uh, if there are people in need, uh, we should be first to help. I think that's that's uh, absolutely um, you know because if we are uh, if we really are, um, believe in our democratic uh, values. Uh, if we really believe um, in, uh, you know, equality of nations, uh, then uh, Ukrainians are as good as all others to to live in in peace and and freedom. And I believe also they should have absolutely full rights to to aspire to become a member of EU and NATO. Um, uh, you know, we we, we cannot uh, uh, tell them, okay, guys, uh, uh, we have our very precious a uh, clap um, um, we feel very good uh, inside but stay stay away because you are i don't know second class of nation and uh, we don't want uh, you to be a part of our uh, institution so we cannot we cannot uh, say this i believe absolutely and 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 we can finally put to bed this ridiculous circular academic theory of nato expansion provoking Russia into I mean I mean if we'd let Ukraine into NATO that would have prevented the invasion done you know I mean I mean that's that's kind of that's kind of the way I see it now you know uh, uh, I think a lot of people um, uh, allowed themselves to be you know, catching this Russian propaganda trap yes uh, that all of this is in, including very very prominent prominent uh, members of let's say strategist community in your country uh, yeah you know that, that you know uh, uh, so the russian propaganda message was that you know everything is is uh, is a blame of united states right without you know uh, embracing these uh, freedom-aspiring nations, all would be fine because we would control them. We would, you know, 
um, uh, we would keep them locked in in our in in our authoritarian system. So, uh, of course, it was not fine that the United States, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, launched this this pro-democratic campaign uh, around the world already 100 years ago, more than 100 years ago. Um, and I, I believe, you know, Russia and all authoritarian countries were absolutely unhappy because of that. You, you know, uh, all um, Washington was blamed for inspiring the color revolutions around the world. Uh, right. You know, uh, I understand why Putin uh, was not happy about them because, you know, if people have a say um, and they want to change the government. Uh, well, it's absolutely a dangerous idea for Putin and all the autocrats around the world. Right. People don't want to live under your crummy, you know, kleptocratic model. Sorry. You know, yeah. um, so, so, so let me ask you a final question, Slavik. This has been wonderful. And, and I guess this, this question is getting beyond kind of the region. You know, we've got this newly visible leadership of Poland in the world. I think that, you know, the, the, the world sees Poland, the United States sees Poland. I mean, we, we you know, we're all um, um, thrilled about Poland's leadership here. Now, of course, the USA, and really, I think, I mean, I was in, in Brussels a few months ago, um, in the EU to, to a lesser extent, but still, I guess not, not as vocally, never as vocally as the USA, but, but, but also is gearing up for this long-term uh, kind of uh, economic struggle, competition, whatever you want to call it with China, right? Um, and China is absolutely a major force of authoritarianism. I think they're very, very, very different than the problem we see with Russia. But, but I mean, they are very much, they, they, they have this goal of spreading authoritarianism. And I'm wondering to what extent um, you view Poland as, or, or we should view maybe Poland as a, a, a core ally in this, in this struggle, I think you could you could count on Poland. Uh, um, you know, every time when you know um, people uh, wants to fight for their freedom and and independence. Yep. I mean, you know, I remember uh, uh, you know a huge support and sympathy among Poles in the 90s when the Chechens were fighting for, for uh, um, their freedom. Same about Georgia. Um, um, so that's, that's, um, it's quite naturally that, you know, uh, um, we would be quite active. Um, I think you can count on solidarity of Poles um, if, uh, you know, a free and, and independent nation is being under attack. Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, from authoritarian, uh, you know, uh, 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 power. You know, you know, there is a there is a kind of yes. The Poles are, are uh, uh, you know, traditional rebels. So we, you know, are, it's a kind another kind of the, the tradition. We are. That's how we get along so we, much. We, yeah. We are really <laughs> painful allies. It, it, I understand. You know, because you know we we. Uh, it's very difficult for us to sit on our, our hands and look um, calmly, uh, um, you know, that some people are suffering. Uh, so, of course, you know, uh, because of that, we are quite, we, we could be quite aggressive uh, in pushing allies uh, to do the right thing. 
no matter how big these allies are, I mean, you know, uh, uh, I, I can I can imagine that from time to time during this year, the Biden administration had you know could have had an, a, a big headache because of, of of Poland because you know MIGs or something. But you know, uh, I think the intentions are uh, we should be we should be judged on the intentions, and our intentions were good. We wanted we wanted to not to prevent. Um, 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 assistance uh, for Ukraine, but to you know to boost it, to 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 generate. And our intention was to mobilize the free world behind Ukraine. Um, and we believe that that you know the better Ukrainians are equipped, the better Ukrainians are, are you know are uh, armed, uh, the shorter this war uh, would be. So uh, I think for Poles, you know, we are a peace-loving country. Um, we don't want to to, to see uh, you know um, um, uh, Russians invading anybody, uh, yeah. particularly Poland. But you know uh, uh, we would be absolutely on the side of 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 Finns, of, of Swedes, of the of the Baltic nations if something uh, stupid uh, comes to 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 to, to mind of, of Russian decision makers. Um, so. Uh, I think you can count on Poland in all these uh, uh, cases when the freedom is under attack, uh, when when people are uh, nations are depraved, they they independence, they right to express themselves and aspire also to institution they would like to to be in. I mean that is also um, that's why you know we are uh, Poland. No matter what government is you know is sitting in in in, in the office now. Um, um, for all the time, Poland was very vocal supporter of of uh, of Ukraine, uh, Ukraine's membership in, in European Union, in NATO. You know, in 2008 in Bucharest, there was a Polish president of Lech Kaczyński who was fighting for Ukrainian membership, uh, uh, membership action plan for for Ukraine, um, uh, with you know trying to convince other allies that that's the only way. To uh, you know, um, to make Europe a peaceful place, um, uh, uh, because you know that's that's absolutely I think fundamental. You know, um, Russia is being deterred by uh, um, uh, by the strength. Uh, NATO should be strengthened because of that, because we want to live in peace. Uh, yeah. Not not to attack Russia, not to destroy, not to you know uh, to divide it. No, it is not our aim. We want to live in peace, and all others who want to who share this aspiration should be helped and assistance. That's that's Poland. That's that's the Polish way of doing business in Europe, uh, in political and military affairs. You may be a peace-loving nation, but you understand that other great. Zelenskyism of freedom must be better armed than tyranny and that, that you absolutely, absolutely you absolutely need weapons in order to protect yourself that's that's a very important thing so Slavic thank you so much for coming on the show it's always wonderful to talk to you and looking forward to working together to achieve Ukrainian victory here absolutely uh, to victory to victory